Does everybody know what time it is? Time to give thanks to the things we appreciate the most. Truman, I really appreciate a good co-host. Oh, give Andy Richter's number. That's right, Landon's an asshole, and it's grunt work. Hazy shade of grunt work. Ah. I'm your host, Truman the Mountie Man Caps, and with me as always is Landon Elvish Presley Solano, and this <laughs> is Grunt Work, your all inclusive podcast about the TV series Home Improvement. That it is. It certainly is. There can be no disputing that that is what this podcast is. I, <laughs> I mean, we dispute that, I feel like, by going on our tangents. Yes. But our tangents are what make this podcast include everything. Ah. If, we didn't, if we didn't talk about every subject aside from the show that we're watching, it. it truly would not be all-inclusive. I see. Okay. So it's not just all-inclusive of home improvement. It's all-inclusive, full stop. Yeah, just period. Yeah. And then about home improvement is one of the things that is all-inclusive about. It's, it's really, we, <laughs> we include everything. It's just on top of the pile of everything. Home improvement is the first thing on that pile. I got it, I got yeah. it, I got it. Yeah. Sherman, it's good to see you, buddy. It's good to see you as well. Happy Home Improvement Thanksgiving. Happy Home Improvement Thanksgiving in July. Yes. I know. You know what I, what my, you know what I'm thankful for is the fact that at some point I will die and no longer be able to feel the heat in your apartment. <laughs> Or has that happened already, and are you in hell? Oh, God. Well, that's great, Landon. You took away the one thing I was thankful for. Um, uh, How's it going? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, Lots of things and stuff's going on in my life, but yet again, not uh, home improvement related, so why bring it up? Yes, you know, except for the fact that we just went on like a two-minute riff about why our show actually includes everything, but honestly, this isn't <laughs> right. This isn't Truman and Landon's personal lives work. Yeah. This is grunt work. Well, listen, we gotta make entertaining content for you fine listeners out there, and I'm sure you don't want to hear about the grueling process of interviewing. You, do, you don't want to see what, what we have to do to get to the point when we can be, you know, at our best, <laughs> right. which is what this is, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that is a true statement. Yeah. Speaking of truth. <laughs> yes. Has anybody asked us any questions recently <laughs> that we can answer truthfully? Uh, well, this isn't a true or false question oh, uh, in that we – there is no – we have we do have a user submitted question to our website, oh, uh, not that's to new. not to Twitter or not to Facebook, but to our website, um, and it's a it's a it's really going to test our metal, uh, um, our ability to metal heavily in Al's life. <laughs> it is a question from the uh, episode Heavy Metal. Oh, Jesus. but it's gonna it's gonna really push us to the limits of becoming the authority on home improvement. Okay, all right, you ready for this? All right, I'm ready. Uh, Tanya Spencer asks. Do you in the episode of Heavy Metal, do you guys know what Tim says in this episode after Wanda asks Problem Tim? Now I'm going to play the clip. Uh we'll put it over top of the, the we'll play the audio for you guys as well so that you can weigh in if you'd like. But uh let's listen to this clip and see if uh see if you have any any thoughts. Problem Tim. I got good dollar Okay, that sounds honestly like in The Exorcist when she's like, "Her father sucks cocks in hell." Uh, I know he's not, he's probably not saying that. Um, well, let me well, play. Yeah, it again. give it give it to me again. Problem, Tim. I got good You know, good tolling some. You know, 
Oh, you th- so you're saying it's like a you know good darty sort of like that that realm? Maybe that's the realm I mean. Like I hear you know up front. Okay. So I thought it was like you know something or you know what. But yeah, maybe it is you know good woman having different interests. You go let do good. You go you let go do good. Wow, I can't answer this question. I don't think. It, it, can we? Yeah, if only we could get that with subtitles. It would probably just say inaudible grunting. You know what? We'll we'll uh, we'll look at the subtitles. I, what do you hear see. him saying? I I think it's gibberish. Personally, uh, I think it's 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 the it's the solution of someone shoving the candy bar in his mouth so that they don't have to answer the <laughs> actual question. It's I'm going to speak in my primitive man language so that I don't actually have to give you a response, but you're going to know how I feel about it. That that is that is like Tim with a mouthful of peanut brittle or something. And that is like <laughs> yeah. Tim right after oral surgery. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I am of the personal camp that it is not actually saying something, just kind of uh, emoting his disdain. And that he can't do anything about it. I think those count for grunts more so than some of the grunts we've counted as grunts. Because <laughs> you cannot argue that that's language. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah. But we will check the subtitles. Uh, I guess so. I w- watch the subtitles either not pop up for that one or just say grunts. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. If, if the subtitles say grunts, I think we have to count them as grunts. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, if the subtitles say it, we can't disobey the subtitles. <laughs> Uh, I'm so, I wish I had, like, a more entertaining, like, goofer to do here on yeah. what that is, but that is... What you're hearing is the sound that is playing in Tim Allen's head at all times. <laughs> that, that, like... Yeah. Yeah, it, it just, in the background, like, you can be talking to Tim Allen, but then if you saw it from his perspective, it would be your mouth moving, and everyone's mouth moving, and just in the background, just... <laughs> oh my god, what kind of being John Melkovich uh, world is that? That's terrifying. <laughs> being Tim Allen is a very different movie uh, <laughs> than being John Malkovich. Yes. Which is really not saying much, I suppose. <laughs> like, a movie about an acclaimed independent yeah. film actor versus Tim Allen yeah. and what going inside their head is like. It's a little less heady. Oh, my God. Well, um, I, I wish we had a, a more sufficient answer to that, but that's that's where we stand. You I know, think we're weighing in on that. So Yeah, ask a difficult question, get a difficult answer. If you have a question that you would like us to botch entirely or not be able to provide <laughs> further clarification on, uh, you, can, best. you can always leave us a an episode-specific uh, comment on our website, which is... www.gruntworkpodcast.com. Hey, great. Catching me off guard with you these, just, man. I like that. You just, you're on your toes. You've trained me to learn what the name of our website is, and we've only been doing the podcast for over a year. <laughs> uh, or you can hit us up on all the social media places, Twitter, Facebook, and our uh, uh, handle on that is... At GruntworkPod. Nice! <laughs> okay, well, guys, it's been a great show, and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, and don't forget to vote for us in the podcast awards. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. No, that's over. Oh, that's over? Yeah, oh. that was last week. If you didn't vote for us in the podcast awards, look, we're going to track you down, we're going to kill you. <laughs> that's just that's just real right now. Uh, and uh, as far as the podcast awards go, I don't know what the nomination process is like, but uh, behind the scenes, uh, we're going li- to... We're gonna- what, what are you pull, mi- pull, mimicking? I'm mimicking pulling back the curtain, the veil. Tiny, but like tiny, like dollhouse curtains. Tiny little... Though. It's just got fun, thumb and forefingers. They can only, the listeners can only see through my microphone, so that I have to oh, be oh. little... I mean, everything has to be proportionate. Man, I, we, we need to videotape this so I can appreciate all the microphone as camera sight gags you do. Uh, so I, peeking behind the curtain, we are recording early. So um, if we... Ended up getting nominated for a podcast award. Thank you guys so much. Yes. Uh, If we did not, fuck you guys a lot. Yeah. But not at all. 
Um, but maybe a little. <laughs> I mean, and if we don't know yet, uh, disregard that last comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, they, if they've opened it up for, for absentee balloting and everything like that, then uh, go out, fill out a few more and, and stuff, those, stuff those boxes. Who knows? <laughs> I'd love it. Um, we watched an episode of Home Improvement this week. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, or did we? We did. What we watched... <laughs> Looked, I mean, it had it had the general shape. <laughs> it was of, a it was a pod person of a home improvement episode. It was like you know when Indiana Jones goes in there and there's the golden monkey head, but he knows that the ancient Incans or whatever somehow built like a pressure plate, so he takes a bag full of sand and replaces the monkey head with it. Yeah, this episode was like a bag filled with sand, approximating the weight of a home improvement episode. Is what I would say. Sand or fake snow. Oh, probably fake snow, ah. actually, just to be on brand. Yes, because we are heading into the winter months of home improvement. Even though even though fake Hamtramck isn't doing it, so they're making their own snow. <laughs> Not yellow snow, Not though. yellow snow. Thank God. Yet. Well, it was a big salute to bathrooms today. <laughs> uh... Yeah, so this episode, do you have a synopsis of what happened or what did not happen in this episode? I, I was at a challenge to write a, a synopsis for this week, but... I, I feel like it would have been a thing you have to kind of, you know, put put packing peanuts yeah. in to make it long enough. So I want to preface the synopsis by saying, this synopsis makes it sound like there's more of a story than there is. Yes. With that said, this is just the script for the episode. <laughs> uh, it's Thanksgiving, that time of year when the family gathers around to dress up in ridiculous costumes and post for Christmas cards that they'll never live down. <laughs> Tim, inspired uh, by a drive by the lumberyard, has been struck with a big idea to construct the perfect winter wonderland setting and expects Jill and the boys to don festive costumes. But when his more power solutions send the snowblower... Uh, through the living room window, Jill puts her foot down on any more of his shenanigans as she scrambles to finish prepping for Thanksgiving dinner. Wow, that was a run-on sentence that I did not intend to... <laughs> that I didn't realize I wrote. But this whole episode really was sort of a run-on sentence. It was yeah. just kind of a thing that you think was... It just keeps going until it stops. And in the synopsis keeps going because, meanwhile, on Tool Time, Tim and Al construct the perfect man's bathroom. Why? Because masculinity needs a monument to itself, I guess. There's not enough tributes to masculinity out there, <laughs> and I think it's about time that a show like this does something about oh, it. Oh, jeez, oh, Pete, when, do you... Yeah. No, no, go. I was going to ask you if you know what the name of this uh, episode is called. I have a few options. Okay. Uh, let's see. Flush Giving... Uh, mm-hmm. Dudley Do Wrong. Ooh, that's a good one. Thank you, thank you. Bathroomy for Improvement, or Thanksgiving for the Memories Giving. <laughs> that is fucking ridiculous. It was, I had to kind of split the difference between <laughs> Thanksgiving puns and toilet puns, and, uh, didn't do a great job. And that's what we got. That's, that's about as good as it gets, folks. Uh, okay, no, this episode is called... A frozen moment. A frozen moment. I get that they're talking about taking a photo, um, but I don't think it's good. Uh, a frozen moment. Yeah, it's not really clever. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, that's all we got. That's all. That's all it is. Well, yeah. folks, it's been great. Uh, <laughs> How did you feel about this episode? I. I mean, I feel like I've been making my feelings pretty clear. Like yeah. this was. This is the very definition of a plot light episode. This episode was. I don't know. I would, I would call this one plot free. <laughs> yes, this was this was like uh, this is like the Coke Zero. If you assume that calories are plot, then this is a Coke Zero, or I guess a yeah. Diet Coke also, or maybe a Pepsi One. Uh, 
but yeah there's just nothing yeah there really it it's like i think what really happened i mean i think that this is very similar to any of the halloween episodes where they shot their budgetary wad on building a massive blinged out stainless steel bathroom yes. for tim to do st- you know prop comedy on yeah. and, and they had like, no more budget left over for story <laughs> pretty much that because it's like well, we have to spend a, set, a certain amount of the episode doing stuff with this yeah so the rest of it let's just kind of cram some stuff in there about it being thanksgiving yep and you know those family thanksgivings where the only people there are your immediate family and your coworker and his girlfriend yeah just one of those thanksgivings it's bizarre this is a a bit of a departure for me uh narratively because I feel like in the past seasons, whenever they did a big set piece like this, there was, you know, I'm thinking of my favorite episode, Bubble Bubble Toil and Trouble. It's been a while. Or, <laughs> it has. Or uh, when they did, um, what was what was last year, The Closet. There was mm-hmm. a narrative reason for him to do the thing. Yeah. This was like, they start out talking about the salute to toilets. Yeah. Salute to bathrooms, the Salute Landon. to bathrooms. Come on, keep it classy, dude. <laughs> They just made a billion toilet jokes, but they were saluting bathrooms. Fair. There is no narrative thrust to doing the men's bathroom. There's no reason for it. Yeah. And so when it comes time for the big unveiling, it's kind of hollow to me. There's no, like, I get it's fun and all the gizmos are, are kind of like a, you know, fun thing to watch, but... I'm not invested in it, and it, yeah. and because I don't have the mentality of this hyper-masculine persona, I can't, it just, there's nothing to it for me. It's just like, yeah. I'm showboating for no reason, and yeah. it's hard to, hard to stomach a little bit. Uh, yeah, there, this is Tim at some of his worst of the season so oh. far, I'd say. I mean, the entire... Yeah, even talking about, we haven't even talked about Tim, but yeah. Yeah, the entire cold open is just him, like... You know, again, dunking on women or the prospect of wanting Oof. anything to be decorative. Yeah. Well, let's let's go into it. Well, we start with the cold open on tool time. The salute yes. to bathrooms, bathrooms, toilets, and everything uh, the else. salute to bashing women. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the salute. The salute to masculinity. Something that has never been saluted before. So it starts with Tim and Al each kind of like grooming their faces, like trimming their beards or whatever. In a, in, in, a, in a kind of a fun, you could tell the director's having a little bit of fun, because Tim is trying to shave in the mirror, but his reflection is showing Al's face. Yeah. Then they do a reverse shot, and Al's looking in the mirror, and you're seeing Tim's face. That did break my brain for a second. I was looking <laughs> it, at it like, yeah. wait, what's going on? <laughs> Agreed. Um, face off? And while your brain was trying to uh, fix that mental illusion, we get the grunt creep. Oh. Who is still jacked from last week? His oh, arms yeah. are he's, he's huge. still built, yeah, and he's grown a mouth, and, and it's terrifying. And he's he's filling it with toothpaste and brushing it. I mean, at least he's got good dental hygiene, and he's not going to be spreading tooth decay and mouth disease anywhere. But uh, no, dude, he's got good dental hygiene, which means those teeth will be in a perfect condition to eat you with. All the better to eat <laughs> yes, you with, but my dear. When he bites into me, he's not going to be spreading disease. Yeah, okay, true, but he. <laughs> well, honestly, I think that you even the cleanest monster mouth in the world is probably still going to have some bad stuff in it when it's breaking the skin and making blood to skin contact and also your leg is still getting bitten off (laughs) i'm glad it's just my leg i I thought it was at this point he seems like he's able to like lunge at my neck so he does like to bounce he does like to bounce (laughs) okay so if your if your neck is getting chewed on your first concern is gonna be like oh i hope i'm not getting a disease from this Uh, yeah, you know, people have different proclivities. I, I suppose so. I suppose so. Hey, man, you you do you. It's <laughs> do you. it's a free country. 
<sighs> so it, talk about accessorizing. Well, yes, the grunt creep comes in, brushing its teeth, and there's yeah. a flushing sound, and it gets flushed down the bottom of the screen. Um, <laughs> so this whole bit in the salute, there, it's the tool time salute, to flush sound to bathrooms, is just Tim walking around. They've got all these these examples of things that women use to decorate bathrooms, yeah. and folks, would you believe it? Women have bad ideas about designing things and should not apparently take part in that. The- uh, this amounts to uh, sunflower decals so that you don't slip in the shower. Uh, Al says that he has them, which Tim scorns him for. Uh, and then Tim shows, uh, wouldn't you rather have the military-grade tank? Yeah. Uh, or the one that I want, uh, the Al decal. Yeah, I would like an Al, uh, yeah. <laughs> Why aren't those on sale right now? I and, would buy all of those. And and Al says, oh, so you can walk all over me in the shower just like you do at work. And Tim goes, yeah, I'd like to take work home with me. <sighs> uh, the first of many, many... Um, <sighs> I, I, Tim exhausts me in this episode. Yeah, um, and generally, but in this episode, <laughs> in this particularly. episode particularly, yes. yes. Uh, the other things are um, the little soaps that you keep next to the bath. Uh, they're pink, and sometimes they are of pigs. The idea of soap shaped like a pig—that's offensive to Tim. Uh, soap shaped like a massive football that you, that ha- is on a rope that you have to wear around your yeah, neck. Soap on a rope shaped like a football. That's great. Got to go with that. Tim loves that. <laughs> um. Black soap, too. It feels like it's made of that, like, uh, uh, practical joke soap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wash yeah. your hands and it just turns all black. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, I, I, I wouldn't put it past yeah. him to do that, either. I don't know if you noticed, uh, the Benford Towel is one of their new products. God. <laughs> I did not notice that. I, I've never actually seen this Binford towel that you reference so much. I just believe that well, this it is exists. the first time the towel's there. I think. Oh, I thought I thought we've seen it before. I remember you talking about a Binford oh, towel. Oh, maybe I, I've lost track of the inventory of Binford. Uh, it's that's it, kind of their deal. Yeah, there's so much of it. <laughs> so much of it. There's the Binford snowblower in this episode. So I mean, they're all over the board with uh, their products. Yeah. Um, then the the last of it is the toilet seat. Uh, Tim pulls up a pink cushy toilet seat, and he's like, "Who needs to be?" Uh, cushioned when they're they're taking a shit. It's yeah. weird. It's weird how they went so blue on that all of a sudden. Yeah, how I got know. past 1993 ABC censors. I yeah, don't know. yeah. It was it was really amazing that they went that. It was like George Carlin just stepped in to write for one second. Uh, yeah, but to t- just disprove the words you can't tell on television. He's like, I'm going to turn one of these around. <laughs> but Tim is just so upset at the notion that someone would want a cushioned toilet seat. He's like. He's, like, upset about the notion of toilet seats in general as though a toilet seat is a feminine thing. It's like, excuse me, dude. Like, no, I don't want to – I don't want to just hover over a bucket. I want something to sit on. He goes so far as to say the toilet seats were invented so that women don't fall into the toilet. Well, guess what? Guys half the time have to also sit down, so – yeah. And and also when he says so the woman doesn't fall in, then we get a sound effect of a woman screaming followed by a splash. And, Tim, what makes this – upsetting is that for all of that like this this cold open is bad and it's because yeah. it's all just tim at his meanest and his nastiest he does a lot of like talking about the toilet seat covers like oh i want a nice purple pink toilet seat cover in my bathroom like yeah so it's not only doing the, the like very derogatory feminine voice it's like he's both attacking women and kind of implicitly gay men also yeah uh but just all of all of this is just tim like do you know just being at his worst but what's the you can see how much he's enjoying it and how like, yeah that's finally they're letting me just cut loose like i want right. to well and so okay i i have a point of order 
Okay. And it's I, it's a little cerebral. So if you'll just kind of go with me on this trip. I'll, I'll, I'll go with you, man. Anywhere okay. you want to take me. It was during this moment when he's talking about the toilet seats and he's talking he has the soap on the rope it gets cerebral from from here from talking about toilet jokes and soap on <laughs> yes the rope. it does okay in that okay is tim intentionally making fun of women so that he can juxtapose it with the absurdity of masculinity like do you think he's he's highlighting the extremities of masculinity by, as I said, juxtaposing it with with uh, the kind of standard of what, I guess, 90s housewifey stuff is? Or I, do you think that that's too, like, beyond what they're thinking? Yeah, I, I don't think so, Landon. I think that's a little... <laughs> like, I think to a certain extent, uh, Tim's character is meant to be a parody on on out-of-control masculinity, but the fact that Tim always wins on the show yeah. and that Tim always gets the last laugh shows that I think that, by and large, like, by and large, this stuff isn't, sat- like, th- this whole segment, this wasn't satire right. on him. Like, the extent of the joke on Tim is just like, ha ha ha, he would use a gigantic piece of football-shaped soap. I wouldn't do that, but his other points, ha ha ha. Yeah. Like, it's it's not meant to be like it's not meant to be tearing down fragile masculine egos. Yeah, like, right. The joke here is not is not Tim's masculinity. The joke here is just the way the the stuff Tim is doing. Right, and it's not I, you his know it's meaning. impossible, I guess, for us to really talk about somebody else's intentions. But even if they, to me, watching this as a viewer, obviously, my takeaway from it is even if they are attempting satire on that. That it's coming off like what what is, what is it that you want me to be laughing at, and it's not coming across that it should be the the extremity of the masculinity so much as Tim's shenanigans as a man, yeah, and or shamanigans, shamanigans, shemanigans. I love that, yeah. Um, that yeah. Uh, so I I think that the laughs are in the wrong place, and that it is contributing to this idea of toxic masculinity even if their intentions are otherwise you know what i i think to just keep rolling with toxic masculinity and to be honest if you keep rolling with toxic masculinity you will eventually make a snowball that captures this entire show (laughs) but uh he's he's talking about the toilet seat covers and how his version of what a real toilet seat cover should be is a clear plexiglass toilet seat and cover that has barbed wire inside it right so Tim's notion of femininity is anything that is remotely comfortable, and true masculinity is is pain. True well, masculinity this is, is going to be close, like right. sitting on barbed wire. This is where the idea came to me, where it's like obviously that that feels satirish to me. Yeah, the idea that just a hard toilet seat as opposed to a cushy one is man versus woman. It can't just be a hard normal toilet seat it's got to be one with barbed wire in it and it can't just be regular old you know store brand uh uh, no slip decals it's got to be tanks like that feels satire to me but it's tim's performance of of putting down the woman uh or you know big w woman yeah uh Big W woman. That's Wonder Woman, right? That's what it, that's that's what they call her in Japan. Actually, just to explain the the symbol on her chest, uh, capital W woman. Um, that's where the message to me gets confused. Is mm-hmm. like he he is just like really hitting 
and it, there, there's no give and take with it, you know? Like, yeah. he's just embracing the extremity, the more powerness of it. I don't want to belabor this, but this is starting to... This is a prime example of, of some of the problem I have with... Uh, I wouldn't say the whole show, but his performance in the character of Tim the Toolman. I mean, this cold open is really just all Tim doing Tim. Doing satire on masculinity with a hyper-masculine, boorish character, I think, is great. And, I, you know, I think Danny McBride, in a lot of his work, does that. I think Eastbound and Down is a really mm-hmm. good example of that. I think that, to a certain extent, Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec yeah. Bojack. was... Bojack. Yeah, like... But, I mean, specific, Bojack isn't so much super-masculine, like, to, yeah, to a degree. Yeah, right. But, but he's a Tim Taylor. Uh, okay, very fair. He is a Tim Taylor. Like, you know, this... Like, the, I think the sorts of stuff... The, the sort of satire that we're talking about, that gets done, mm-hmm. but it's done in a way where that that way is conducted differently in those ones. You know, Ron, Ron Swanson is a funny oddball and a fan favorite, but it's like no one is looking at him like thinking, oh, the show is saying that his way of life is correct. Right, because Ron right. is frequently, it's absurd the things that he does. And, yeah. and you know, eastbound and down, uh, his life gets worse and worse and worse because mm-hmm. of his masculinity. And this show, just, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll throw another example out, and then we'll move on. Yeah. Of like, uh, this, I, I'm picking up the same vibes from this as um, Family Guy, <sighs> where Family Guy, you know, is it's just joke after joke after joke or whatever, and it doesn't veer away from being offensive. Mm. However, there are times, and I, I've experienced people who will repeat jokes from the show that are blatantly offensive. Yes, uh, you know. A, I'm, well, I'm not going to even think of one. You're just, not going to repeat a joke yeah. from the show that's blatantly offensive. <laughs> exactly. You're not going to do that. Well, I was going to for for the the purposes of explaining this, but okay. For for example, any joke from Family Guy. <laughs> any on. joke from Family. I mean, there's a lot of jokes about Jews on the show. Yeah, and you know, I'll hear people repeat it and be like, "Yeah, okay," but the, granted, Family Guy is not doing a great job of it. But yeah. you taking that out of context and just saying that's funny is basically supporting a you know anti-semitic joke yes exactly you know, even the the brief context that they have on the show is you know barely justification for those jokes uh i don't want to be you know the pc police either but no i it's, yeah it's there's a danger in losing the translation from satire to you know, you know why is this funny yeah and um i think this show is starting to feel a little bit like family guy to me where it's like we're trying to satirize toxic masculinity, yeah, but it's coming off as embracing it. Yeah, like you know, I, I would say that that Family Guy wants to act like, oh no, it's a joke, oh it's satire. But first and foremost, they've just like, what's a list of offensive jokes that we would never tell at a party, but we're going to yeah. tell on this show? Right. Like I, and I don't think it's necessarily PC police because if they did an episode with a whole bunch of Jew jokes in it that was about some greater like commentary on anti-semitism and some bigger thing but it seems like so often when they do that it's just oh this would be funny to do to engage in this stereotype in this way with one of our characters and and that's just what it is it's not like a more thoughtful builder like right there's a whole Cheers episode where they're they're super freaked out that gay people are coming into the bar and they're worried about what's gonna what that's gonna do and you know Norman Cliff make a lot of jokes about gay people that 
you know, are funny under the context of what they're saying in the context of the show, but the whole episode is ultimately about how prejudiced and wrong they are, and yeah. eventually the whole episode turns around into them being made fools of, right. and being, you know, Diane comes in and saves the day. I'm getting really granular on this one Cheers episode most of you haven't seen. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I, I think that TV shows should, like, I think it's acceptable to dabble in these offensive things if you are going about it in a serious I don't know if serious is the right word. If you're if you're taking the subject matter yeah. seriously, even as you make comedy about right. it. Right. And here, your intentions are clear. Yeah. And and here the intentions aren't really clear. If anything, it's clear that they just wanted to have Tim Allen making a bunch of jokes about women in an effeminate right. voice. And Yeah. I so look, here's how this cold open ends. <laughs> here's how this cold open ends. Uh the the image uh like there's a flush sound and the image starts to spin around and all of the stuff uh, the entire image goes down a toilet and flushes <laughs> and honestly i'm like fitting let's flush this whole cold open <laughs> down a great big toilet cuz it was a turd <laughs> that's not politically oh. correct is it uh, yes right i said turd and that turd takes us to the theme song uh, uh. which have you noticed anything new about the theme song i mean i i'm waiting uh, with bated breath at this point for like I don't even know if it'll happen before the end of the season that we'll get a new new images or anything maybe after the mid season break maybe yeah maybe like if it doesn't happen then that it, then it's got to be season four the kids are getting you were saying last week the kids are getting bigger and yeah. older and puberty or and <laughs> puberty or yeah it's That's a hard word to say I am that Fraser was twice <laughs> not a word <laughs> uh, but it's gonna uh, I it's, it can't they can't keep going with the same opening credits yeah. for four years with kids this old. That and I'm running out of secrets. I, I know, I know. Who, it's, I think that's honestly a good thing. That we're such, such, you know, we wear our hearts on our sleeves and all that. <laughs> well, and it's only the secrets that I choose to show. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say I choose that. Brad, yeah. Brad chooses to steal from me that yeah. I have to then share with you, fellow folks. So, yeah. Uh, as as the camera pans across the faces of the kids, Brad stares into our souls once more, and has uh, has dug his little hook hook fingers. What? Finger hooks? <laughs> Finger hooks into the secrets of my soul. Okay. And what do you get? I have plenty What's of... the catch of the day? I, you know what? I have plenty of bathroom secrets, but surprisingly, he didn't grab one of those. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Lucky you. He grabbed one from when I was five years old. Uh-oh. Uh, and I feel safe to say this now that Toys R Us is gone. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> What'd you do? Anarchy? <laughs> I was enamored with a little two-and-a-half-inch plastic figurine of Oscar the Grouch <laughs> and uh, stuck it in my sleeve when I was left to go walk around on my own. Oh, Landon. And that uh, was the first time I ever stole. Wow. And you didn't end, no one ever caught Oh, I guess no one ever caught you. It's still a secret. Uh, my mom did catch me. Well, when? she didn't catch me. She It was... We, we got back home. Yeah. Uh, and... You know, at five years old, she knows what toys she's bought for me and what sure. she hasn't. And when she saw me playing with a new toy, um, she was like, where did you get that? And uh, it was it was from Toys R Us. Did I you start crying? I'm sure I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're like, oh, there's consequences for bad behavior? Shit. <laughs> I remember that feeling well. Um, uh, did she make you go back and return it? No. So that's why you're such a remorseless thief. 
That's, that's, Pretty much. that's why you're the Danny Ocean of our friend group, constantly pilfering from all friends, because your parents never taught you it was wrong. Uh, it's exactly, yeah. The typical spoiled only child. Man. Uh, well, I think she... Yeah, so this is like not instilling the greatest of values in me and having to take responsibility for my own choices. Luckily, that was instilled in me in other ways. I think she returned it for me. Oh, I see. I don't actually know what happened to it ever again. So there, me, there might be a scenario in which it's still in like a wicker basket in her closet because <laughs> uh, she just didn't want to go face <laughs> that conversation. Uh, so on the, I've got a, a picture, if you will, a large cork board, uh, and and so I've got I'm putting the note card in that's like age five. Landon steals uh, from Toys R Us, no consequences. And then I'm putting a thread around it. I'm connecting that to another 3x5 index card, which says, first grade, uh, Landon steals Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man figurine <laughs> from another child whose dad may or may not have gone on to die in Desert Storm. <laughs> I'm just I'm seeing a life of crime established. Like I think that I think that uh, I think that Brad is uh, in in a way a little Robert Mueller here, just sort of exposing more and more wrongdoing as as the season goes on with these secret stealings. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I mean maybe maybe it's like a werewolf thing where like only on the full moons do I start to shoplift without even realizing it. Shoplifters of Hamtramck, you know. <sighs> um. So. There you go, Brad. You you stole that secret from me, but I have uh, deflated your power by sharing it with everybody. Suck it, Brad. We're moving on to the garage. <laughs> yes, we are. Where, where we start inside. This is the thing that always trips me up about this show. Jill drives a hot rod, too. Yeah. Jill drives a completely cherried out red, like, 60s roadstery station wagon. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to say it's like a Sudabaker. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so I first I see the interior of this and them unloading groceries from it. And I'm like, oh, the hot rod's done. This is a because hot rod last episode. episode they said the hot rod's coming back. Yes, but no, it's like, oh no, it's just the other cool car your family owns. <laughs> also, I cannot, for, I cannot believe that Jill would willingly drive a car like that, a car that you know gets terrible mileage. Mm. I'm sure the insurance is insane on a red sporty car. Yeah. Repairs? I mean, well, I guess you live with Tim, so whatever. But right. th- th- that car would bring so much more stress into her life <laughs> compared to everything else. Just a, a very dependable vanilla car. Well, And also, it's like you've got three kids. What safety features were there in cars <laughs> being made in the 50s? Uh, suicide seats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, no airbags, no seat belts. I, I think that there was, I think the, the Studebaker actually, when you got in a crash, a gun would come out of the dashboard <laughs> and shoot you. No idea why they put, put that Put you in. out of your misery. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's like, back at the time, medical science thought that people were just like horses. If you break the leg, it's just done. It's a waste of money, folks. Uh, well, now that gives me something to think about with the grunt creep biting my leg. <laughs> what, <laughs> shooting yourself? To- I don't want to be shot. Like, I, I have second thoughts now. That's good. Well, I'm glad I could give you a new lease on life. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so anyway, they're talking. They're they're pulling everything out of the car. Yeah. Uh, it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving foods and preparations. They're asking why they got such a big turkey because Nana and Grandpa aren't coming. Uh, it turns out that last year the boys started a food fight that, yeah. that I guess put off Nana and Grandpa from returning. Yeah. Although Randy points out that Nana got some pretty good shots in. <laughs> there, I had a Twilight Zone moment with that line where I'm like, you sparkled. It was. <laughs> Oh, Twilight Zone. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was very. It was it was such a sitcom line and such a sitcom delivery that it just like for a moment made me take a step back and just go, man, what if everybody else was like in the real world and they just had like one sitcom 
character in their family. I feel like that's kind of me for like, my family. <laughs> You just walk in with one-liners. Yeah, I just I burst through the door. Applause from nowhere. <laughs> I'm wearing my leather jacket, standing next to my motorcycle. Go on, I cut you off. With my that bits. sounds exactly like you, by the way. I do have a leather jacket, and I did learn to ride a bicycle in the past ten years. Go on. Uh, oh, that's all I got. I just for some reason that was like a double whammy of sitcom. Uh, it just felt weird to me. But um, they're they're bringing in all the groceries. Tim comes home. Yes, from. Uh, Presumably from work, but he had passed by the lumberyard. Yep. And nothing gets Tim's imagination going, like, going past the lumberyard. Not just his imagination. Uh, what what else is it besides his imagination? Uh, There's a wood joke to be made. Oh, well, well, I mean, (laughs) to be fair, Tim has got wood because he apparently bought a bunch of wood. Yes. And also a reindeer. He explains to Jill that he has this idea to make the best ever Christmas card for the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wants to build a, a like, Tim Taylor Christmas village yeah. that they can pose in front of for their for their annual Christmas card. Which Jill is like, this is too much. That's too much work. we got all this other stuff going yeah, on. You're why don't we just a, do, you know, a tree and tinsel and string and popcorn yeah. on, the, on the line and stuff. And, but, you know, Tim being Tim, he will, no, he's insistent on this. Yeah. He, the boys are coming through and he asks them like, hey, well, okay, well, let me ask you guys, what do you want to do for the Christmas card? Do you want to, you know, do the thing or stand around the tree and stringing up tinsel or whatever? Or do you want to come to go on a visit to Tim Taylor's Christmas village with snow and reindeer and Santa Claus and sleds? And the boys all go, yeah, they both sound stupid. <laughs> and all three of them agree. Yeah, even Mark. Yeah. I love it. The The, the boys this season have really become a threesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, you know, instead of them, I mean, I guess last episode we did see them still pick on Mark a bit, but. And a couple episodes ago we saw them all be the three, the three stooges. Yeah. But, but yeah. Th- I'm saying, like, the, they have become one entity now. I feel yeah. like they, they have a good chemistry working off of each other uh, as opposed to, you know, so. I think they they've found the limits of how far they can push alienating Mark. Yeah, <laughs> on his own. I, I think I think that when they are when when left to their own devices, they naturally turn against Mark. But when it's them versus some dorky thing their dad wants them to yeah. do, they present a united front, <laughs> which is good. Yeah, strength in, in numbers. Absolutely. Uh, I also I want to mention. So as they're having this conversation, uh, Tim and Jill, he's kind of following her as she's putting the groceries away. Mm. Um, one of the first times we see all the way down that hallway behind yeah, the kitchen. That was a weird shot. It was a very weird shot, made weirder by the fact that uh, wherever she's putting those groceries at the end of the hallway has this weird, uh, like, Pulp Fiction glow coming from, it's like, uh, you know, the the glow from the briefcase. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess, yeah. Uh, you Pulp know, Fiction, which also takes that idea, the glowing briefcase, from a movie called Kiss Me Deadly, Oh. Which I had mentioned on this episode or on the show before because it stars Jack Alum. Oh, well, it all comes, it all comes. So you're saying that that Pulp Fiction is a ripoff of Home Improvement, basically. <laughs> he he took from oh, yeah. everything else. <laughs> That's yeah. Forget Kiss Me Deadly. Forget Repo Man. The glowing briefcase comes strictly from the hallway in Home Improvement in this episode. <laughs> I think that they are trying in canon to get us believe to believe that the pantry is right there because a couple episodes ago. Uh, Randy walked over from that spot saying there's nothing uh, in there but garlic powder. Oh, right. And yeah, you're right. Yeah. But it, it's weird, though, the way that she was putting gr- <laughs> the groceries into it. It just looked like she was dropping it into, like, a depot of something, you know, just like a, a little laundry chute of food. <laughs> what does Joe Morton look like? <laughs> 
and this is the, the typical thing. Tim wants to do something stupid. Mm-hmm. Jill doesn't want to let him because she knows it's going to backfire. Tim persists, and then Jill lets him. And then, guys, guess what happens in the rest of the episode? I, I mean, it's yeah. this is really Jill's fault that she lets this happen. She had all the power Well, here. yeah, it's murky. I mean, I'm Tim doubles down on how much I, I'm not on his side in this episode, or in this scene, because he's... Jill is talking reasonably and rationally about what they can actually do. And Tim's like, you can't stop me. I think big, Jill. That's just what I do. That's who I am. Like, fuck off, Tim. I mean, like, thinking you can't just expect the world to adhere to you. Like, also, thinking big... Like, thinking big means that you would have foresight and the ability to plan down the line for things. <laughs> right. Like, you're, what you're doing isn't thinking big. You're just, you're just doing dumb shit. Yes. On a grand scale. <laughs> like, thinking big would be, okay, I'm going to build the Christmas village, but I'm also going to make sure that the snow doesn't fall off yeah. the top of it onto me. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to walk across the roof of this rotten old house, but I'm going to be careful not to step on the moldy <laughs> bits so I fall through. Right. Build the Christmas village and then charge the people around the neighborhood to bring their kids to it. Now you're thinking big and you're making money. Exactly. Quit your job and <laughs> then just do Christmas village year round. Yeah. I'm sure it'll keep making money. Hey, you know what? It works in Frankenmuth. <laughs> what the fuck is Frankenmuth? Don't even pretend like I know that. Just be cool. What is Frankenmuth? <laughs> it's a, it's a, a city in Michigan. Um, it's called Frankenmuth? It's called Frankenmuth. No, you're making that up. <laughs> and they have a year round Christmas village. They were like, this town isn't Actually, weird enough. According to the billboard on uh, on 96, as you're about to get off on the exit toward uh, where my house used to be, yeah, it's not the Christmas village; it's the Christmas village. Oh. So they 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 know how to delineate between consumerism and uh, religion. Well, and and also, Landon, it's not Frankenmuth; it's Frankenmuth's monster. <laughs> Um, before we leave the scene, there is something very important to point out. What? What is that? Tim gets uh, a delivery. Oh, Do you yes. remember the delivery? Uh, the delivery is a big reindeer. <laughs> a big reindeer. A for his reindeer. thing. The man delivering uh, this reindeer. Uh, is this a character actor corner? Kind of, but it's a different type. The guy's name is Jim Laboria. Yeah. He follows us on Twitter. Oh. And uh, he becomes... A recurring character on the show, I think, starting next season. Oh, that's awesome. It's just like the delivery guy who brings them. No, I, I, well, so this, uh, the role he's playing here, his name's, did I say Jim Laboria? Did yes. I say that right? So Jim Laboria, uh, he's uncredited on this episode. He doesn't have a character name, nothing. So there is no reason why this couldn't be the character that comes into play uh, next season. Yeah. Um, I guess that's, time will tell on that uh, if we decide because you know, who else is making the canon decisions at this point besides you and me? I, I mean, there's really not a lot of other people out there to argue with us about this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so maybe we can ask him on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and see if he if he wants to weigh in on that. I'm just so honored to. Ha- well, I mean, I guess a couple people. Yeah. I'm just so honored to have somebody following us from the show. You know. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. Um, I so Jim Laboria will will have a lot to see of him in the future. That's great. I'm, well, I'm looking forward to it because I liked him in this little bit that he was he was there for. <laughs> yeah, he brought a, a funky accent to the to the proceedings, which I liked. <laughs> I got your reindeer here. A little bit of Cliff Clavin action. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, that takes us to tool time. Yes, where Heidi, uh, we get a big close up oh, on Heidi. We get the weirdest transition where it's like 
a, like this bit of green goo drops down from the ceiling of the Taylor house and then it grows up and turns into Heidi and then the tool Ooh. time background flies in behind her. How did I miss that? I don't know, Landon. I'm starting to worry if I'm I'm hallucinating. The yeah, you might be at this way. I definitely didn't see that. It was a weird thing. It was weird. I don't know. We'll go to the tape if we have to. Is Heidi a shapeshifter? Uh, I mean, she and David <laughs> Byrne come from the same family, maybe. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's weird. It's, I didn't understand the underlying logic behind yeah. this transition. Um, but we get Heidi. I wrote this note. I really like her. I like her, too. She seems nice. Let's keep her. <laughs> I, there's just something about her enthusiasm that she's just, like, she's in it to win it. I really like it. She, yeah, I think, as we've said before, she, I think, is more okay with the role she's playing than Pamela yeah. Anderson was. And there, there was a certain tension with Lisa, uh, stemming, I'm assuming, directly from Pamela Anderson wanting to do more on the mm-hmm. show, that always just made me a little on edge whenever she was on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was always rooting for her, and I, you know, behind her to get Get more. Get yours, man. Go get your Baywatch money. Um, <laughs> go get that Baywatch money. You go, girl. Heidi. Heidi is like she's she's here to stay, man. She just you could tell she's very happy to be doing what she's doing. Heidi is the kind of tool girl you can take home to meet your mom. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> mom, Dad, this is Heidi. She is a supporting character on the TV show I'm making a podcast about. <laughs> um. Okay. Do we have to talk about this scene? I think we have to because it's a part of the show. But let's just, you know, hey, let's just, you know, focus on the horizon, take deep (laughs) breaths, and we'll get through it together. So it's the salute to bathrooms. Tim the Toolman Taylor and Al, it's my potty and I'll cry if I want to, Borland. That was the only Tim Allen line I laughed at this episode. I I appreciate I almost went with that for your nickname for this episode, but I decided, (laughs) no, I never want to use Tim nicknames on you. That would be wrong. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Tim has built the ultimate uh, men's bath. He said, like, the the first ever men's bathroom. And then he brings out a whole effing set on wheels with this bathroom on it. And I'm me... just gonna I'm gonna pose this right now. Okay. I believe that the woman's in the context of <laughs> Tim's mentality of men and women separating different tastes, whatever. Whatever uh, I'm doing all of this in air quotes. Whatever air quotes, a air woman quotes. does air quotes, air quotes. in the bathroom air to. Quotes. to <laughs> decorate it the soaps the potpourri is all to cover what a man does in the bathroom yes completely agree so you it it doubly offends me to to take down a woman for what she does to a bathroom because it's in lieu or it's it's in favor of covering up for man yeah yeah it's like the stuff that they are like if if left to their own devices men's bathrooms would be as you know, like, yeah. what they're doing is trying to rectify the damage that you're yeah. doing in there. Because this bathroom... Okay, so it was actually well, kind of an... Impro- what? Well, before before we even go into this, I just also want to say, he says, the first ever men's bathroom, as though 50% or more of the public bathrooms don't have men's bathroom written on them. <laughs> right. Okay, so I'm sorry, but please, you know, just that men are well catered to in the bathroom department. Yeah, yeah. And so the, the introduction, and I'm gonna... I gotta tie this back for a second, but... The introduction is pretty impressive. The yeah. whole tool time set opens up, yes. like splits in half. There's strobe lights and smoke, and uh, the the big uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey music. I don't know the name of that. Also, Sprax Zarathustra. Uh, 
<laughs> as the the stainless steel men's bathroom is ushered forward to the foreground. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this whole thing is done in stainless steel, and it looks nice because it's just brand new made. Give that bathroom one month <laughs> being man only, and that thing is going to be asking for potpourri. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, there, there's going to have to be, like, emerge. Well, Tim, the next, after a month of using that bathroom, Tool Time is going to be, all right, let's teach you how to make some man potpourri. <laughs> and it's, Which would be, like, tire shavings and... Uh, probably. Ti- uh, <laughs> sawdust. Like, yeah, obviously, always, always sawdust, tire shavings, uh, probably a bunch of nails for no reason. And lubricant. Yes, yeah. Just to get that oil smell. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and probably actually a bunch of WD-40. Yeah. That, that would be it. Just drizzled on top, like, uh, exactly. like balsamic vinegar. Um... <laughs> So yeah, this thing comes gliding in, all stainless steel. There's like Lazy Boy attach. There's like a recliner attachment and a backrest on the toilet. Yeah. There's a phone in there. The shower has multiple nozzles. Now let's try to be as highbrow about this lowbrow thing as we can. Okay. Um, I I know, as a human, you partake in bathroom activities from time to time <laughs> i don't know what you're getting at landon <laughs> how did you feel about the recliner toilet uh i felt like that you know i think it works really well as a sight gag yeah. i don't think it works very well it's not practical from from the sorts of stuff that you're doing and the kinds of 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 uh, i don't know i don't think that having one's legs outward really helps yeah. Uh, in in the uh, in the bathroom using department necessarily. <laughs> Nor have I ever thought, gosh, you know what would be great would be if I could be lying backwards while I did this, as though I was like using a bedpan or something. And also, point of order, uh, he is yelling at women for having cushy toilet seat covers, and he makes an entire toilet. Yes, cushy. Yes, I, it's like women are so dumb they want the toilet to be cushy. Like, wait, the only reason toilet seats exist is so women don't fall in. Allow me to put more chair attachments onto a toilet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're, you're, what you're saying is right. Uh, the the proper etiquette, from what I understand, of uh, going number two. Nice. So highbrow right now. A veritable Frasier episode. Uh, is, you know, is more of the squatting. Yes. Position. Yeah, that's in yeah, in third that's what you're supposed to do. The healthiest yeah. things don't even have a toilet seat. So you at get all. those what is it, squatty potties? Yeah, yeah. Which I've never I don't have and I haven't used, but I, I think I might like them. I one of my friends... I'm I'm glad that we're finally talking about this on the show. One of my friends had one. I tried using it once and it it's not right. <laughs> I that's all I can it's just that the shape that you have to be in and the places that things are at then relative to the rest of you I can't really go into too much it, look guys if you really want to know what I'm talking about take a step stool set it in front of the toilet when you are when you are uh you know taking a dump try this but I really I don't believe in it like I believe is, in the is, science is, behind it but I don't like is it Is the idea that you're supposed to put your legs up while you're sitting or are you supposed to just completely squat and hover over the toilet. You're supposed to put your legs up while you're sitting. I just because it's something about how it's, the, uh, it, it the, opens up the channels the, a little easier. Yes, the, the channels. Yes, it, oh, the channel is really what it's called <laughs> because it is a tunnel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I have. So, but even then, it's not even really yeah. like a good squatty potty because it, it like it, it lifts your legs up, not your right. feet up. The whole idea is that your knees have to, your kneecaps have to be up next to your head, which. <laughs> 
is not okay. It's also a good birthing technique, I think. I, yeah, yeah, I know. There should be stirrups on that toilet. For the... I, I would, for my part in this whole shenanigan, would like to apologize to your girlfriend. I, I would like to apologize to her and to, indeed, everyone. I just I picture all these people... Like maybe with the podcast awards coming up or, or all that, like it's over people, now. Well, okay, yeah, it was, but but people who are saying like, oh, I listen to this podcast, they need more listeners, you know, and their friends all download it, and and this is the first one they listen to. We're not you know only what? we're only doing what we can with the material given to us, and that material was poop. So we're making jokes about it. <laughs> Let's move away from the the toilet and into the shower. Uh, what are you mu- suggesting, Landon? I- <laughs> the, the multi-head shower. Yes. Um, okay. I am a very eco-friendly person. Yes. This men's bathroom wastes so much energy, water, uh, time, to time, build it, anxiety, money, thinking about its existence. Yes. Uh, he he has five nozzles on this shower. They're all at different levels and yep. different, you know, it's the idea that you just step right in and get blasted from every angle. As soon as you step out, you step over a drain. In the so floor. just getting all the mildew from the shower into the actual crux of the bathroom yeah. so that it all go down the drain. You're going to have to mop that floor at least once a week. Yeah. Probably more than that. Yeah. Um, I think this bathroom is more maintenance than is practical but i think that's what tim likes about it it's an excuse to always like when the hot rod's done then i can go tinker with the bathroom (laughs) fair uh yeah he created this bathroom while his car is in the shop so that makes sense um (laughs) and he got the idea to do the hot rod while he was sitting on the toilet so it's really all full (laughs) circle cycle Uh, the cycle of life yeah yeah um so stepping out of the shower in front of a remote controlled uh heating lamps (laughs) To dry you off. Then you got to shave, and so you flick on six car lights, yep. headlights, um, and then for those pesky nose hairs, you turn on your brights. Yeah, because you can completely blind yourself while you're trying to very carefully stick scissors <laughs> up your own nose. <sighs> then, you don't want to miss the game. Oh, yes, So of there's course. a TV behind the mirror. Yep, of course. And uh, if you... I, was this in this scene or is this in the outtakes? I don't remember. But uh, if you get hungry, oh yeah, yeah, oh, there's the the most not sanitary. Th- I I won't even take drinks into my own bathroom, of and course. I keep my own bathroom as far as I'm concerned sanitary. Absolutely, does uh, witness. I to have a refrigerator with drinks in there and food in there. No, thank you, sir. Yeah, Al says like, oh yeah, if there was food in here, you'd never have to leave. Or if there's a refrigerator in here, you'd never have to leave. And then Tim pushes a button, a trap door comes up, and it's a mini fridge with a bunch of beers in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then they I want I want there to be a Twilight Zone episode of Tim, you know, kind of like the uh, finally have time episode where he gets <laughs> locked in, instead of a vault. It's he's get locked. He gets locked into his own man's bathroom and then realizes after one day. Like, oh, you know what? Family and having a well-adjusted life is actually more important. Maybe I should set aside my more power aspirations. <laughs> that would be good. That would have been very constructive and would have made for a uh, much more palatable uh, several seasons after this one. <laughs> yeah, so they pull out their beers. They turn on the, they turn on the TV. Yeah. They start rooting for the game. And then from this, a whole bunch of... We transition with a whole bunch of rolls of toilet paper flying through the scene. Unless you have anything else you want to say about this monstrosity of a bathroom. Not of the bathroom, but we haven't talked about fan theories in a while. We haven't come up with theories on this show. And I'm starting to... This scene gave me an inkling of one, of a possibility that we've touched on a little bit in the past. Yeah. 
I'm starting to think that behind the scenes, Al might be an alcoholic. <laughs> an alcoholic, if you yeah. will. Because uh, he jumps at the chance to drink on camera, he, he, at work, any time he can have a brewski, he wants a brewski. But if, you were, if you were in a, a state of constant abuse, a living hell right. orchestrated by one of your coworkers from which you can never escape... Yes. Wouldn't you want a brewski? I mean, I'm not saying it's not justified. I'm just saying it's that what you just said makes it all the sadder. Um, so I, I, I don't know, I feel a little weird about that. I mean, I certainly it is a low point when you are not only drinking a beer on camera on your show, but drinking it in a giant bathroom. <laughs> right. That's that's something you would talk about in an AA meeting. Yeah. And the fact, well, and then we're going to go into the the Thanksgiving scene where you know he's able. Al Al's like over enthusiasm for the simple joys in life that he's missing seems to stem directly from the fact that he has run his life into the ground from alcoholism. Yeah, yeah, or just that, you know, or just that his self-esteem is in the toilet, so to speak, because of Tim. Yeah, uh it's just all of it is So that that's my my new theory. Okay. That we're working on. It's not a happy one. Yeah, it's a dark theory. I prefer it back when he was a spy. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh I do think that Al might be an alcoholic. Okay. Well, we we transition with a bunch of rolls of toilet paper. Thank God. Back home. Where was this the this is the the toilet uh, transition? No, no, it? that was the that was out of the cold open. Oh, that was out of the cold open. Yeah. Okay. And now now we're at home. Yeah. And we we cut to all three of the boys oh, trudging boy. through the house dressed as elves. Yeah. Uh, miserably with the weirdest, funniest, goofiest like <laughs> music playing in and the background. the audience goes insane over this. You you picture the producers just like standing there in front of the audience like waving their arms upward like the applause signs aren't enough. Just yeah. like more laughs, more. I know you listeners can't actually see Truman do this but the way he's moving his arms makes him look like one of those inflatable uh, dolls in front of the, the tire not, not, tire place. Not only am I mimicking the producers on Home Improvement, I am also trying to tell you that there's some great deals on <laughs> Uh, certified pre-owned Kias. Um, yeah, but they come out. I felt bad for the actors yeah. because clearly at that age it's awkward enough, but then the audience is laughing at them so yeah, hard. It's, it's the Raggedy Andy incident all over again. And I wondered too, like, because this is clearly the hat and ears that Tim had to wear last year for the Christmas episode, uh, yes. Tool Time. I'm wondering if Tim Allen was a little butthurt and he's like, you know, I had to humiliate myself. I want to pass the buck on... <laughs> And force all my kids to wear them. Well, I mean, the buck has already been passed to him by the guy who delivered that big reindeer. <laughs> That's but, um, right. Uh, well, the kids hate the fake ears, and, like, Randy pulls one. I was like, no way I'm wearing the ears. And Brad pulls his off, too. are like, yeah. And Mark just goes, what? <laughs> a brilliant, brilliant moment uh, by Mark. I loved it. When I, get a, when I get a laugh from Mark, I know that's when you know something's working. And it's, you're getting a laugh from Mark from a joke that is made any time... Any person in the history of time has made a comment about the volume of something. Yeah, yeah. I still didn't see it coming. <laughs> I didn't either, and that's what surprised me and made me laugh at it. We are dumb, dumb guys. <laughs> uh, so they go on outside where Tim has built his winter wonderland now, yeah. which isn't that wonderful. It just it's looks like Santa's yeah. toy shop. Tim, Tim's thinking big, like, is still fairly moderate, even in regards to Tim. I mean, he's thinking moderate. This whole idea of tim having a grandiose vision uh is more suited to the man's bathroom than to the winter wonderland which is what you know i I wish they would have just done away with the men's bathroom on this and had him focus on making this buzzy whizzy 
Fezzer Wizard. Yeah, Fezzer Wizard. <laughs> which which Winter Charles Wonderland. Dickens character is Mr. Fezzer Wizard again? <laughs> He's from his unpublished novels. Oh yeah, that, no, that was his unpublished Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines fan fiction. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Mr. Fezzer Wizard worked at Skynet. Uh, yeah, that would have been a lot better. I mean, you know, this is. In the episode we launched with Lauren a couple weeks ago, the whole issue was it's all A plot, could have used a B plot. Yeah. Here, get rid of the B plot. It's all B plot. (laughs) Yeah, focus more on that A plot. Yeah. Uh, Also, so, okay, the boys are dressed as elves. Yes. Jill is dressed as Mrs. Claus. So naturally, (sighs) Tim is dressed as a Mountie. The boys are in these humiliating getups. Yeah. Jill is in this like skin tight, short skirted red little sex kitten sort of number. Jill, you know, uh, uh, Mrs. Claus thing that yeah. gets a woo from the audience when she comes out. She's showing some leg, and yeah. and again, it's the stated position of this podcast that Patricia Richardson is a total babe. But yeah. I didn't like it under those circumstances. Yeah, no, agreed. Like I, I'm not about objectifying people. I think she's a babe because she's fucking Patricia Richardson. Yes, not because she can pull off a miniskirt. Yes, she can pull off a miniskirt. One hundred percent. That's icing on the cake. Yes. Uh, but not the reason that she's a babe. But what ups- so what ups- you know, I would have been fine with all of that if then Tim comes out in a fat suit as Santa, but instead it's like, right. oh wow, Tim, that's great. You're you've got your wife looking like a tart, your kids look like <laughs> idiots, but then you pick a nice slimming, handsome, dashing right. like I'm not afraid to admit that Mounties have cool uniforms and look good. Right. But, like, Mounties aren't even on brand for Christmas. <laughs> I know. Dress up as a toy soldier if you're not going to be <laughs> Santa. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe he didn't want to spoil the the pot for uh, next next Christmas where he's playing Santa. I guess. But I... I like, like, Mounties just make me think of Canada and maple syrup. It doesn't make me think of Christmas. <laughs> makes me think of Brendan Fraser. Yeah, thank you. Also <laughs> makes me think of that. Uh, it makes me think of the show Due South. Speaking of, how long until we start our Due South podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you just say the word, buddy. Uh, um, it's extra depressing here because it just shows every member of his family bending to his whims, and none of them are happy about it, and I honestly don't know why anyone would just, at any point, just say, no, I'm yeah. not going to put this on. Yeah. Like, like if Jill wants to wear that, that skimpy miniskirt, because that's what she chooses. It's, all, it's her right. Go for great, it, Jill. Yeah. yeah, we celebrate that. But to have your, your husband force you in it to take a picture that you're going to be sending out to friends and family. To family. Yeah. Hey, hey everybody, check out my sexy wife. Not, uh, not into it. Yeah. Uh, and also, the whole point of taking Christmas photos is to show everyone what your family looks like right. over time. So, yeah, here's my kids dressed up as otherworldly fantasy creatures. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm yeah. just, no, I'm picking it apart too much. No, it's true. I mean, because I, I have, my family and I took one family portrait in my entire life. Nice. Uh, it was at the height of my teenage angst, so right. I was not into it. Uh, and we, the the closest we did was we all wore black shirts. Yeah. Uh, we all had, you know, they weren't the same black shirts. They were all individual. Uh, my mom chose black purely because I was going through a black phase. And nice. she knew that that would be an easier way to get me to take the photo. Smart. Um, even that is mortifying to me. I would hate to have people see that photo. Yeah. Uh, to be dressed up as elves and a skimpy Mrs. Claus. 
No, thank you. Yeah. But what are, what are they doing in this uh, scene? <sighs> what are they doing in this scene? Um, They're out there. They're getting ready to take the picture. He's got the, the, the camera up on a tripod. Yep. And he's got a wood chipper out there with the intention that... It's a it's snowblower. A snowblower. A Binford uh, snowblower. Looked like a wood chipper because it had the open thing. It did, on and it. it had Steve Buscemi's legs sticking out. I, I, I know. I, I see. I see wood chippers in everything now because of my affinity for Coen Brothers movies. Uh, but they, so he sets the thing on the camera, to, you know, the timer, and they're all standing there, and it's like, okay, got to start the snowblower, and he starts it, but no snow's coming out, so he kicks it. And then the snowblower rolls forward as though on a motor or something yep. and smashes through the plate glass door yep. into the living room. And then the camera takes a picture of all of them going like, Bleh. Yeah, and it, was, it must have been set on like uh, two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> two-minute timer because so much transpires between that. It's I think it's the it's the very popular 37-second timer that they would do on those. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so it crashes through the window. Yep. Cut back to them. You know, Jill, they get a long pan up of Jill's bare legs as she's helping oh, yeah, to sweep yeah, up uh, yeah. all of the glass from this. And she's pissed at Tim because, like, how are you going to, you know, it's the holidays, the, like, yeah. day before Thanksgiving. How are we going to get someone out here to replace this glass? It's yeah. winter. It's cold. We have guests coming. And then, oh, shit, my pies are burning. Yep. She literally says that. Very blue this episode. <laughs> it runs in there. With huge it's weird mind. when George Carlin put on the wig and, play, and the dress and played uh, but he, Patricia Richardson. You want to talk about someone who can pull off the miniskirt, George Carlin. That guy. <laughs> everyone knows his comedy, but nobody knows about his calves. And I think they should. <laughs> There's no, there's he he was he he was very like, very funny man. But he was serious about leg day, I like unlike it. the grunt creep. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the the pies are burned. Uh, there's a snowblower in the living room. Yeah. The glass is broken. Tim has Tim done effed up. Yes, and Jill is mad at him. Right, and he won't so. take responsibility yet again. Yeah, he's saying like, oh, I'm just I'm thinking big. Oh, I just have to. No, we can make it all work. Oh, it's fine. Like the but you know the pies are burned. It's like oh well, why don't you why don't you burn the turkey too so it'll match. Oh you don't like that joke huh? <laughs> I it, it, it's you know I'm getting it's more and more this season we're getting to this point where I I constantly am harping on Tim and Tim's behavior and all this stuff and I, I'm starting to feel weird about it a little bit. Like I like the show a lot and yeah. I don't want you know it's not like I'm expecting anything else. Of course this is what's going to happen. But he's finding it's new just, lows. It's it's just not holding up for me. Twenty five years later, uh, yeah. In terms of like what the underlying systemic issues are. Well, and but I mean, really, at the end of the day, that is kind of what this podcast is about. How does the show hold up twenty five years later? Right, right. It, you know, a lot of the time it's eh. Some of the time it's eh. Occasionally it's like hmm. Oh, hmm oh. <laughs> uh, and this is definitely one of the. Eh episodes yeah not without eh, moments but uh, yeah which are usually al oriented yeah uh, this time it's mark uh, tim is true yeah uh, he, he's just he's being a suck ass in the scene uh, yeah that that is the clinical term for it it's a true suck ass i mean he because he for him it's still just like oh joe we can still make the photo work like any reasonable guy would be like i fucked the pooch on this time to just Go along with whatever the wife says. Right. I've clearly made a mistake. But for Tim, it's like, this is a minor setback. Why are you upset that the entire dessert course was ruined and that it's going to be drafty and cold yeah. in here? I mean, there is just like a, a point of suspension of disbelief. And maybe this is just the indicative of the time that has passed in our expectations as audiences of like, at this point in any other uh, realm of media nowadays, 
why wouldn't Jill just slap him across the face? Just seriously, like, knock it off. You're being an asshole. Snap out of it. Like like <laughs> and cheering. I, and I know that this is a sitcom, and that we, you know, this is how it has to unfold in order for us to have an episode. You know, I'm not dumb, but also uh, I'm not into it. <laughs> I, I would I would love to see a BoJack Horsemanized version of this where. It's like, yeah, the the main character is like a sitcom protagonist, except the stuff that he does actually has an effect. And like, you know, by by the end of season one, they're separated, and then like they get a divorce in season. Like, and the whole show is just about, yeah, Tim won't change, and how, you know, how that affects all of his relationships with continuity over time. And it's like, right. how is he maintaining relationships with his kids? Oh man, how is he maintaining a relationship with Al now that he's dating Jill? All of this. All of this comes back around to me wanting Jill and, and Al to get together. But, <laughs> I mean, it would be funny to see a realistic version of, like, how would Tim's actual behavior do for him in the real yeah, world? Yeah, right, right. It's like the Timbo hat carries over. Why doesn't any of this? <laughs> uh, and speaking of people that Al's dating, we're going to uh, have a return of a very special guest uh, in a two scenes from now. Yes. Um, but this is the scene where Tim is really laying on thick about him thinking big and that you just need to accept that I have big ideas and I need to see them through. Yes. And it's just like, I'm not on board with what you're saying here. Um, it's, like, it's like saying, look, I, I am a greedy person and I have big ideas. And you just need to accept that I just want to come into this bank and rob it for all the money. <laughs> just deal with that. Yeah, right. That's just how I am. But he, so he goes, let me give you an example. Pick a number between one and ten. Seven. Okay. I would have said 13,305. <laughs> That's me. I always think big. <laughs> uh, which is important to note for the next scene, uh, which is Wilson out back. Yes. Uh, now, this is a funny uh, funny backyard scene because of the Winter Wonderland. Tim basically has to open a door to talk to <laughs> Wilson over the fence. Um but yeah, so he's out there talking, and he just talks more to Wilson about how Jill just doesn't understand that I'm trying to do something groundbreaking. And what what Wilson says is, looks like you've already been doing some window breaking. <laughs> Good, Wilson. Always yeah. cuts you right down to size. Um, yeah, but it's like, no, Tim, you clearly, you don't understand. Jill isn't mad at you for trying to do something big or trying to think big. Tim's, uh, Jill's mad at you because you fucked everything up yeah. for this useless reason. You made this too complicated. Right. Um, and then Wilson kind of demonstrates that by saying, you know, they say that there's a fine line between genius and madness. And Tim <laughs> goes, are you saying uh, I'm mad? And he goes, maybe ask me that when you're not wearing a Mountie costume. Yeah. <laughs> not once does he try and explain how the Mountie ties into Christmas. It's just, oh, Mounties <laughs> operate in a place with snow. And reindeer, maybe? Maybe they ride horses, it's though. It's just complete ignorance on how Canada works. Yeah, I know. It's it's really... And they're so close to it. I know. I know. Wilson is from there. Wilson could advise <laughs> you. Yeah, wouldn't Wilson just be like, listen, neighbor, uh, what I find you wearing is a little offensive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, neighbor, what do you know about cultural appropriation? <laughs> um, yeah, so, anyway, Al, you know... Tim takes this to heart, I guess, as much as Tim takes yeah. anything to what excuse he has for a heart. And uh, go inside. We kind well, of... before we do, he goes, uh, he tries to prove the point to Wilson about thinking big. And he says, oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Pick a number between, uh, or just pick any random number. And Wilson goes, well, off the top of my head, uh, 762 trillion. <laughs> and Tim's like, God dang it. 
I love that Tim was bested by Wilson's ability to know a higher number than he does. <laughs> right. I promise you Tim Taylor does not know that trillion is a type of number that exists. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we do go back inside uh, on a different day. The next day, it's yes. uh, Thanksgiving, finally. And and it's as though all of yesterday's drama just didn't happen. At all. Yeah. The window has been fixed, surprisingly. The dinner seems to have come together flawlessly. I guess yeah. Jill just stayed up all night baking more pies. Ha-ha, everyone turned out okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Tim sat on the couch watching the game. Well, Whatever the, the pre-Thanksgiving game is. Yeah, this is, is that the a big thing? game. That was the little game. Yeah. <laughs> the little game. Because uh, the, the scene starts out with a panning shot across the couch of all the guys watching the big game. Tim has his uh, Detroit Lions football helmet on al is wearing a, a non-flannel shirt with a tie and the boys are in between them and they're but all the, the tie is plaid oh okay okay thank god but they're all just cheering straight into the camera which is cool you know yeah. it's a fun little thing um so it pans across all of that so in the kitchen is jill and uh al's girlfriend eileen irene irene with an r uh, oh. she has returned Sherry, uh, Hersey is back. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, who we saw, this is, so, I guess <laughs> they didn't break up, although, they've made mention to Al dating, uh, since we last saw Irene, but we never actually got conclusion to the whole Al proposing on the air thing. Uh, well, I mean, but are they, we, I think we're assuming that she never saw it, and instead just Al saying, hey, let's go out on Tuesday. So oh, are, Godzilla. Are, oh, oh, no, Godzilla. <laughs> right. He is so bad. Are oh, Godzilla. we to, are we to glean that? They've been dating since then? I think so, yeah. Maybe okay. casually dating, though. But, you know, because Al can't be tied down to any one woman <laughs> as much as he would want to be. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, so Irene and Jill yeah. are in the kitchen. She's saying, oh, I've never seen, I've never seen Al watch, you know, like, since the whole time we've been here, Al's been watching football. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Um... Fancy that a man man watching football on a on a holiday. Uh, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I would probably be in the kitchen instead of watching the game. I would I would probably rather be if not in the kitchen. I'd probably be wherever the box wine was. <laughs> I'd probably be standing behind the couch yeah. with whichever people at the Taylor's uh, Thanksgiving party had like watched the most recent season of of uh, Glow or Arrested Development or something yeah. and be talking about talking that. about that while yeah. the guys are trying to watch the game. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, so Mr. Morton, what's your favorite season of The Wire? Oh, wow. <laughs> season two no one ever says that um i would not be a hit at these parties um so they're yeah they are uh they're cooking and yeah. then jill says okay it's time for dinner everyone come in here mm. tim doesn't you tim wants to delay thanksgiving dinner so they can see the end of the game yeah. which is currently what's the score again i have no idea but 62 to 3 but go on <laughs> uh jill has uh in a little bit of her own brilliance which is forced upon her by Tim's ignorance and unwillingness to change and do anything outside of his own stuff, has uh, thought ahead and grabbed the TV remote and kept it on the kitchen counter. That was smart. So that she could just turn it off when the, the dinner was ready. Yeah, yeah. So they turn it off and they all go to the, the uh, dining room table. And Randy, tuck in that shirt, buddy. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm totally fine for keeping shirts untucked. Uh, I, I'm not, like, the tuck in shirt police. You're not tuck everlasting here. <laughs> Um, you're not Friar Tuck over here, but it, it's like you're not Alan Tuck from Ferris Bueller's Day Off over here. <laughs> and it's really long, and uh, he just needs to tuck it in. I'm sorry that all my tuck jokes <laughs> kind of stole your thunder there. 
I didn't notice that his shirt tails were undone. I mean, do you think that's just his devil may care Jonathan Taylor I Thomas attitude? Part of that, part of the fashion of the time, it was just a baggy clothes time. But like, this is like his shirt's untucked to his knees almost. <laughs> it's like a big skirt or a dress, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's hey, look, grunge has come to the Taylor house. Maybe that's it. <laughs> this I, is this is post grunge a little bit. This I is think. post grunge. Uh, yeah, grunge ended in like ninety. To maybe 94, and then I, you go into post-grunge. I thought Kurt Cobain killed himself in 94, though. Wasn't that kind of when... Yeah, but that was that was at the beginning of the post-grunge era. Oh. There's overlap. There's never any, you know, very definitive lines when you're talking about sub-genres of things. It's all... It's, all, it's a blurry mess. Yeah. Well, um... I guess it's not... I guess it's not pre-grunge. Maybe it's, maybe it's late post-grunge or proto-grunge. <laughs> yeah, it's proto-post-grunge. Proto-post-grunge? <laughs> proto... Fraser is ready hot to correct as hell you. in this place. I know. <laughs> um, it's hot enough to scramble an egg on this table. <laughs> before we get too far, uh, so I don't have to do another tangent, yeah. uh, taking away from the scene, we got a, a little uh, picture of Sean Zilla. Oh, really? Yeah, Wait, the a Godzilla. Picture? Not a picture. Oh, we got a, 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 a little shot of him. He's, yeah. he's stuck over on the fireplace uh, behind uh, where Tim's sitting. Um, Sean Zilla being the Godzilla figure that seems to factor into almost every episode of the show. Yeah, not, a, not as much recently, but yeah, he's always... Well, I think he's there, or he's just never, he's not in the foreground. Mm, he's okay. always hiding somewhere. Yeah, yeah, he's watching, you yeah. know. I, that that really is Santa Claus. That's who's watching you when you sleep. <laughs> I have to get the, the story behind this Godzilla figure, but... Well, we asked the guy who directed yeah. the whole first season, we still didn't get a I know, answer. and all respect in the world to John Pasquin... I think he was gaslighting us a little bit. I, you know, either he was gaslighting us or he didn't recall every detail from Fair. the job he had 25 but years ago. It was on the new episodes of Roseanne that he directed, so he knew of its existence. Uh, whatever. Look, maybe maybe Roseanne Barr put it there because it was a really racist Godzilla or something. <laughs> but then why is it on? He's the only link between the two shows. I don't know, man. Mm. I wish I wish I had a better yeah. answer for you. I, I you know, all due respect to John Pasquin, I, I I'm not actually questioning your your methods. Uh, we'll have him back on here, man. We'll put him under the lights. <laughs> just we don't even need lights in this apartment. It's just so hot that you just start spewing out. We'll just lock him truths. in. We'll lock him in the apartment for the same amount of time it takes us to record a <laughs> uh, a podcast, and then by the end he'll be willing to say anything. Exactly. All right, let's get back into the narrative and finish this baby up. Yeah. So they sit down. Uh, there's some comment, like, Tim does some ribbing of Al, and Eileen talks about how she tells jokes, too. Hey, Landon, what's a big white animal shaped like a tooth? I don't know, what? A molar bear. <laughs> Al, but I really like how much Al loves this joke. Al and Irene are adorable. Who's Al and Irene? I, I, that's Irene, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you said Alan Irene. No, no, no. <laughs> No, Alan Irene is on character actor corner. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no, it's it's uh they have a, a fun fun little I, they're they're a good match. Al says, "Oh, you're such a wacky doodle." <laughs> um so then but after this, the weirdest moment I mean, and this this show is cobbled together of so many weird moments and then just last it, season we had one of Tim falling off of a building into a porta potty. True. True. We had Mark getting sucked into a vacuum cleaner. Yes. But this this was weird in a more subdued way. For just like a minute, it's just everybody passing food around and all just talking and saying stuff. There's no... Crosstalk. There's no preface to it. There's no lead-in to it. It's just like... 
after one line of dialogue, it's just pure chaos for a good 30 seconds of them just... I want to pass the... Pass, give me the thing. Oh, okay, okay, give me some of those yams. Oh, oh, you got None, the water? And I, very few of them are actually putting anything on their plates. I don't know if you noticed that. They're just, ha- they're just handing food back and forth. Yeah. Uh, all yelling. And it goes on for so long to the point where I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? And also, this is seven people around <laughs> one table in an empty room. You don't have to yell, folks. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I don't even get what that There's was. no prompting for it to, like, occur. I think it was supposed to be a joke on how chaotic Thanksgiving dinners are, but as you just said, with seven people, like, I get it if it was, like, if Jill's parents were also there and Al brought his mom and Irene and Tim was, you know, had to bring in uh, Wes Davidson and Heidi was there and Wilson came yeah. in and, you know, Billy from, you know, across the street and... and, and yeah, Sir Larry, they drag up his <laughs> trunk at the, at the far end. Touchdown Rick peers in the, yeah. the window behind them. He's like, but I got some cranberry sauce. <laughs> um, it gets crazy. It's it's weird. It's it's a bit of a fever dream. You know, you know those like awful posters where it's like they draw like the Last Supper, but it's like all the mob bosses from movies all yes. sitting together or something, or like all it's like Tony Soprano and 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 you know all and all the all the guys all playing poker or yeah. something. I want to see like a Last Supper type thing where it's all the characters from Home Improvement <laughs> sitting down to Thanksgiving <laughs> together and drawn in the same kind of shitty Michael's gifts art, you know, hanging yeah. up in my first college dorm room to show how hardcore I am <laughs> art style. Well, it is. It's out in the fan world now. Please deliver us a, a Last Supper with the. We we do have a great spot in our tool time corner yeah. for a full uh, full panoramic uh, image of this to go on my wall. Yeah, we let, let, we are willing to put some holes in Landon's drywall for the right. Thing. I I am willing to have to explain to dates I bring back to my apartment why I have a Last Supper of the Home Improvement cast on my wall. If you deliver that for us, I, well, so, you know, and Landon, already you have to explain to dates you bring back to your apartment why you have an entire shelf full of home improvement memorabilia. So what's one more picture going to do? Uh, that's once you've that's ex- very fair. Once you've explained the shelf full of memorabilia, anyone will make the connection that the picture of home improvement people at dinner is part of the same thing. <laughs> okay, that that makes sense. Yes. Um. So anyway, then Tim uh, knocks his ting 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 ting. Yeah, yeah. Thing against the champagne flute. And asks everybody to talk about what they're thankful for. Yeah. And then we go into a very serious moment where everyone gives their heartfelt thanks. Um, Al says that he's happy to have someone he could spend his life with, uh, i.e. Irene. He he said, I'm happy for good friends. And you said, who? Because Tim was just mocking him. (laughs) Yes. Tim has mocked him this whole episode. And whole career. And whole career. Yeah. Like, who the fuck is your good friend, Al? Man, that's sad. So he's thankful for friends and Eileen, and then Eileen says... Irene. Irene. Fuck. Well, I wrote Eileen every time, so that's what I'm going to keep reading. Irene says she's thankful that she has such a wonderful place to go to, and you said, where? <laughs> Landon from downtown, twice in a row. I have to call these out, because I think you're too modest. Um, and then she's thankful to Jill for helping her meet Al. Yeah. And then she keeps going. She keeps going. It's like a recurring joke. I actually liked that they gave Irene uh, a bit of a character. Yeah. Because they even preface it earlier in the episode where uh, Randy is a little like, oh, she's coming over, the the dentist who keeps making all those bad jokes. And then they give her a joke to give, and it's, you know, it's a... it's not a great joke, but it's a funny moment, and it, it just gives her more dimension to her character. They've set her up to be as dorky as Al yeah. in a very quaint way, and I like that. And this is the second... Uh, second person that al has dated that we've seen more than once also which true 
makes her pretty important in the Aliverse. And <laughs> and uh, and the Aliverse tends to be populated with blonde women, I've noticed. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Gentle Al prefers blondes, I yeah. suppose. Was was Cynthia blonde? I don't think she was blonde. The oh, next door neighbor? Oh, no, Cynthia wasn't, she was but, but like but Greta Post was Greta blonde. Post was, yeah. The recurring the recurring ladies are yeah. blondes. The perfume pure perfume sales lady. lady. Very good. <laughs> for uh, Jill, Jill's birthday was blonde as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's okay. 75% blondes. <laughs> so yeah, Eileen goes on and on. Yeah. Tim is thankful that he has uh, 276 power tools, which is up from the last time he mentioned it this season. Which was... was I think 263, something like that. He's been he's been a busy boy. Yeah, he has. Uh, well, Brad is thankful that Eileen has done another tribute to Al. Randy <laughs> is thankful that Brad said that instead of him. And Mark is thankful that they're kicking Brad and Randy instead of him. Yes. Uh, and well, Tim, then Tim has more that he's thankful for. Yeah, what, well, go for it. No, no, you, you can. You I don't, I don't have it written down. Uh, Tim <laughs> is thankful that he has the best, most understanding wife in the world, Jill. And I kept waiting for him to make some kind of clownish joke about this, but he didn't. He just delivered it with a straight face. Yeah, too little too late, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, far too little. Um, and then Jill is thankful for kids. Wait, she says I'm thankful for my kids. And Brad just throws his thumbs up in the air. And I love in uh, the film version of Brad's story, it freeze frames and the credits start to roll at that exact moment. I am a real American. Uh, yeah, yeah, Brad, uh, it's like for Brad, the love of his mother was in doubt up until that moment. Um, thankful for kids. And then Tim, and she goes on and on about how blah, 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 I love him more and more every day than I did on the day that I met him. Yeah. Which for me, it's like, I don't think that's possible because it seems like he makes you angrier and angrier every, every day. Every week, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, but she makes this big tribute, and then Al just goes, Will somebody hold me? And it was great. <laughs> and Greta holds him. And then uh, uh, Irene. Greta, fucking man. <laughs> the ghost of Greta. Is she haunting. Did, she didn't die, man. We don't know that. Okay, true. Anybody could be a ghost at any <laughs> We time. also haven't seen Cynthia again. We haven't seen anyone that date uh, that Al has dated. Plot twist, Al's the serial killer. Ooh. Ooh. Um, yeah, so then we cut to them outside. Yep. For uh, for taking the picture. Taking the picture. Uh, this time, Al and Irene are there to help uh, supervise and actually pull the trigger for the camera. Although, although really, the the camera taking the picture isn't the problem. Yeah, it's, it's right. Everything else is the problem. Yeah. Uh, um, but they the the compromise that they've done is that they're all going to just wear their normal clothes, very modest, very uh, who the tailors are. Um, but they're still going to stand in front of Tim's Winter Wonderland. Yeah. Tim hasn't. Uh, isn't done quite yet, though, because he added more snow for some reason. To I guess since he, he he couldn't shoot it out of the snowblower, he had a bunch of fake snow that he had to use up. So he put it on top of the the roof of yes. the fake Wonderland. Yeah. And so now that's just up there. Just the, the closet full of ping pong balls has been prepped, and Mr. Green Jeans is walking <laughs> towards it. Mr. Kang- Captain Kangaroo, I'm sorry, I broke rank on Captain Kangaroo there, just <laughs> giggling and waiting. Like, the, the gag has been set up. Yeah, exactly. Anton Chekhov's uh, <laughs> snowfall is there. Um, Al pulls the trigger. And well, kills the entire Taylor family. It's a weird Jack Torrancey ending to this uh, Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, and then and then the camera is just tracking through the Taylor house while old jazz music is playing, and we get closer and closer <laughs> to all these old pictures, and then we see this picture from the Taylors' Thanksgiving in 1927, and it's all of their ancestors, but then Al right there in the middle. 
and it just like leaves you wondering like what was real and what was fake all yeah, along exactly big spoilers for the shining so if you guys haven't seen the shining by now <laughs> hurry up yeah right um they take the picture of course uh right before they do the the door behind him that he was talking to wilson with is open and al's like do you want that door open Kaklunk, shashink that's not what snow sounds like but it's more like kashum <laughs> kashum yeah kashum with star starring shaquille o'neal <laughs> oh my god uh all the snow falls on them right after the picture is taken um and and it you know tim has put on his mounty hat again right yes. before they take it so then all the snow piles up on it yeah. in an amusing way i think the snow piling up on tim's hat in this episode is my favorite part <laughs> it was kind of that was a good comedic touch yeah uh, just to have that you know, imagine how much snow could have collected on hattie oh man Imagine how much snow or nacho cheese could have collected inside Hattie. <laughs> by the way, we haven't talked about this on the air. We learned on Twitter, by which I mean you learned by talking to Richard Carn, yeah. that he owned that hat. He brought that from home. Wait, no, I don't think that was verified. He, I thought he said that the hat was his. Yeah, I didn't necessarily glean ownership over it. Just that it was his characters that oh. he used often. Well, okay. I don't. I don't think it's enough to verify, but it's definitely enough to follow up and get a definitive answer we'll right. ask richard karn in more detail i i like to believe that he's the sort of man who would own a hat that comically agreed large. agreed a hat a hat so comical we thought that they built it specially for the show <laughs> um you know sometimes actors take uh, costume pieces home with them after the show is wrapped oh absolutely. Like, that's what i like to believe that he kept that because that is something that i would choose from the show to just hang in my corner oh my god or to take nachos to in a party <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna die on this hattie is a nacho platter <laughs> hill um, <laughs> oh my god um then uh with the stinger is uh tim and al in the man's bathroom just really squeezing out as much screen time as they can with don't, this thing. don't say squeezing out when it's <laughs> not okay is, tim is sitting on the toilet don't <laughs> and then he's like do you want to order food they're watching the game and this, yeah the, he's like do you want to order food and uh this is tool time nights by tool the way. time nights and uh they they order food okay. off of a phone that's also in the bathroom. And hey, okay, that's a thing. I'm okay. I'm, I've got a couple things to say about. Oh, this. please, because I've there, lost steam on this. They're hanging out. They're watching the game. Tim is sitting on the toilet, and Al is sitting on this little stainless steel stool, and they're talking about, "Oh, are you hungry? You want to order some food?" And it's like, "Yeah, sure. Let's let's get a pizza. Just nothing too spicy." Or Al says, "Nothing too spicy," and then Tim goes, "Look where we are, Al. It's let's- not a functioning bathroom yet, though. <laughs> There's no plumbing." That is one. Also, <laughs> I'm hanging out in the bathroom with my friend uh, watching the game. I guess I'll just eat something really spicy with the knowledge that if I have to then have some digestive times on the toilet, I guess my friend will just stay in the bathroom? Yeah, weird. Or stop watching the game? Like, it's like, you're Tim Tim is not going to let you uh, take a dump in there while they're watching. He's like, no, 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 Al, go to, the, go to the regular bathroom. Go to the regular bathroom. So that... Yeah. So it's so they order. So also, this scene is just weird. Then it's like two men sitting together in a bathroom, ordering food they know is going to give them the runs, with the understanding that they will just sit there taking tra- bad, <laughs> getting fetishy. But then also, it's like let's so let's order a a pizza with sausage and chili. Landon, separate things. Yeah, I guess. How many pizza places serve fucking chili? <laughs> I have ne- I like. I don't know. Chicken parm sandwiches, okay. Mm-hmm. Eggplant parm, okay. Various pastas, yes. Chili, no. I've thought of a place where maybe um, California Pizza Kitchen. 
Okay. Because they, they do have a wide variety of soup offerings. I can see chili potentially being on that, as well as pizza. But CPK I don't, doesn't deliver. And CPK, I don't believe, was in Michigan at this time. I don't believe it was... I don't believe it exi- Did it exist at all? They didn't have barbecue yeah. chicken pizza in the early 90s, did well, they? Well, I don't know about barbecue chicken pizza, but... That was I like know, their thing. <laughs> uh, I know California Pizza Kitchen exists in Michigan, and it did well, in at least the turn of the century. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it ex- exists in Michigan now. I mean, there's airports and malls everywhere, but... <laughs> right. Um, I... I I don't know. It's just them sitting there yep. watching the thing. And yeah, and then Tim's big deal is that he picks up the phone next to the toilet to order it. But it's like, okay, a phone next to a toilet, that's not funny. I've, every hotel has that. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe this is pre-hotel bathroom phone. <laughs> yes, you can neatly divide world history into pre-hotel room bathroom <laughs> phone and post-hotel room bathroom phone. I don't know. Um... And, uh, yeah, and then that... I'm ready to be done with the men's bathroom. I'm I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Let's flush this whole stupid episode. We go to the outtakes where Tim keeps flubbing his lines as he's coming home from the lumberyard. Uh, It's about as funny as you think. And um, that's that's that. Do you have anything else we didn't cover in this long-winded episode that I thought would be shorter than normal? This, uh, the grunt count for this episode was six. Six? Six. Wow. Surprising, I know. Yeah, so we went from four... We're on the upswing. Yes, we are. We are making. We are making progress. Man, if this exponentially grows, what if by the end of this we have like a three hundred count episode? I don't know, man. I kind of thought that at the beginning. Can and... you? Would you be able? Would your brain or fingers be able to handle counting that many grunts in a single episode? If I didn't take any other notes and just did the grunt count, I think I could do it. <laughs> that would fall a lot on my shoulders in that episode. Yes, then. you would have to handle most of the heavy lifting. <laughs> um, no, but other than that, I'm I'm ready to put a fork in this one and flush it. Okay. Um, you can find the show notes for today's episode on our website, which is www.grantworkpodcast.com. And also on that website, which is www.grantworkpodcast.com. You can sign up for our newsletter, which is uh, a great way to be notified of every new episode that comes out and get our show notes delivered right to your inbox with all kinds of promotions and, uh, other things that tell you where we're going to be around the internet. Um, <laughs> if you enjoyed this show, please consider to rate it and review it yeah, on thank iTunes. You, Mr. Shatner. <laughs> Because uh, it really helps people find us. Uh, it helps us, you know, in their their iTunes algorithms. Uh, we don't want to get lost behind uh, the shadowy corners. Um, so please shine a light on us by giving us a rating and review. And if you need more incentive, remember that whenever you like and share us, we'll put on the Mrs. Claus outfit just for you. Ooh. Whether you want to take photos or just a little bit later, other stuff. Yeah, whatever. Just <laughs> I don't know. Just just think about it. I'll, I'll think about it. That might be that might, might honestly dissuade you. It would dissuade me. <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on all the social media places, uh, which is at GruntWorkPod. And with that, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And until the internal temperature reaches 165 degrees, it's not safe to eat grunt work. See you next week, folks.